Hello, 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 and thank you all so very much for joining me today on the Hardcore Podcast. I am so excited about today's show. I want to just appreciate all of our sisters out there. This is uh, Women's History Month, so I want to celebrate you. I want to thank you for all your accomplishments, whether you're a wife, a mother, a sister, a daughter, whether you're an entrepreneur or, or homemaker, whether uh, you work in a school system, you're an educator, you're an athlete, no matter what you do, you're you're on Wall Street, you're you're in the boardroom, where, whatever you do, maybe you're a, a cafeteria worker, whatever you do, I don't care what it is, my sister, I celebrate you. I thank you, my sister, for all your accomplishments, for everything you've done to to help this society, for everything you've done for uh, from rearing our children to to uh, fixing our our, our um, dinners when we come home, or or maybe just giving us a comforting word, giving us a motivating word, giving us a. Uh, the strength to go on. Sometimes you are a backbone. Sometimes you were the breadwinner. Sometimes you won. The, you you brought home the bacon and you fried it up too. So my sisters, I celebrate you for everything you've done in the civil rights movement. For everything you've done uh, to make this country a better place. To make our worlds a better place. For the tears that you wiped off our face. For the for the times you lifted us up. For the times you built us up. I want to celebrate and thank you, my sisters. So we are celebrating uh, Women's History Month. I'm going to have a plethora of speakers for you that I hope that you find entertaining and uh, both uh, educational as well. So I want to thank you for that. You know, today is a cold, rainy winter day here. Uh, Actually, it's not supposed to be one. It's supposed to be spring, but we'll talk about that in a few moments. That's that uh, whole global warming that everybody keeps talking about. But it's a cold, rainy day here. But I hope it's not that way for you. I hope that you or um, finding it to be a great day for you. No matter what situation it is, I hope it's a great day for you. Listen, I'm so excited for you today um, about uh, this broadcast for uh, for this show that we have in, in front of you right now. Listen, if you have your pen and your paper, or, or do people even get pen and paper out anymore? Or, well, you got your notepad and your phone. You got your Android. You got some kind of notepad in there, your iPad or something like that. I want you to take these down, uh, these tips down that you're about to hear. If you're in business, if you're getting ready to start a business, if you know somebody who has a business, this is the episode for you. I want you to share it with somebody, and I got something special too at the end. So don't forget about that whole sharing part. But uh, you know, I want you to share this with somebody who's getting ready to go into business, who is in business, who has business questions. I have a really, really great show for you and a great uh, guest on the show today. I have a guest. Her name is Siobhan J. Smith. Siobhan J. Smith founded the SJS law firm PLLC in 2014 and quickly gained a reputation as a business attorney who couples her legal background with strong business acumen. Siobhan serves as general counsel to small business owners and has dedicated her practice to counseling business owners, startups, and entrepreneurs on a range of legal services. She serves a diverse client base across multiple industry segments, including franchises, government contractors, professional service organizations, and food and beverage retailers, just to name a few. Her clients call her for guidance with million-dollar commercial real estate acquisitions and leasing, business franchising, corporate governance, litigation, and end-to-end contract support. Additionally, she represents her clients on a range of employment issues. Siobhan 
is dedicated to her clients' businesses and works diligently to develop a keen understanding of business and operations of each of her clients in order to develop an unparalleled counseling service. Prior to opening her firm, Siobhan was a legal uh, associate at a large corporate law firm in D.C., uh, Washington, D.C., and a law clerk to Judge Anna Blackburn Rigsby, now Chief Justice, on the District of Columbia Court of Appeals and the District of Columbia Superior Court. Siobhan earned her J.D. from Howard University School of Law, where she was a married scholarship recipient and B.A. in political theory and international relations from Michigan State University. Siobhan was selected as a Super Lawyers Rising Star for 2013, 2015, and 2016. Ladies and gentlemen, will you help me welcome my guest, Ms. Siobhan Smith. Siobhan, thank you so very much for joining us right here on Hardcore. Thank you very much for having me. I'm really excited to talk to you. So, you know, uh, first of all, this is Women's uh, History Month. So shout out to all my sisters. And, you know, um, you know, as we know, uh, I am dedicating this month of, of our podcast to my sisters. And, um, you know, in particularly my sisters who are entrepreneurs, my sisters who are going into business or in business. And so I have Siobhan on the show. We just heard her very, very uh, impressive uh, uh, resume and bio. And and so I have Siobhan on the show to kind of uh, give us some guidance. Or, uh, and this may apply for my brothers, too, for those who may be going into business. Uh, well, it definitely applies to my brothers. I'm sorry, but you know, you understand, brother. This show, you know, this month, we, you know, we're giving it up for our sisters, our hardworking sisters, our our fight for you, sisters. Have your back, sisters. Our uh, be there for you, sisters. Ride or die, sisters. You know, we are giving it up for our sisters. We are empowering our sisters. You can listen in, my brother, but we are empowering and building my sisters, our sisters, uh, to continue to fight. And so, uh, Siobhan, you know, we, we just heard her, her resume, and, and she is a, a, a business attorney. Uh, Siobhan, you know, a lot of people start companies, a lot of people start businesses, um, and they don't necessarily uh, obtain legal counsel. At what point in the process yeah. should you obtain legal counsel? Is it is it necessary? Is it uh, uh, insurance? Like like at what point you know when somebody goes from ideal to actually implementation, should they consult an attorney? Yes, I think that people definitely have a lot of um, misconceptions about how to work with an attorney when they're starting a business. It's just necessary. It's not necessarily kind of intuitive, like when you need an attorney. So, you know, I very often have conversations with people on a daily basis that start with, oh, my gosh, I should have called you a long time ago or I should have called you before I signed this contract or I should have called you before I agreed to this deal. Um, so I firmly believe that, you know, day one, you need to be having a conversation with an attorney. And it, it may just be kind of a conversation to get a plan together so you understand all the legal things you may need as your business is growing. Um, for me, you know, for my newer businesses, I may not have as much contact with them as I have with a business that's been around three, four, five, six, seven years and that's growing and hiring employees. Um, so I would say you definitely 
want to start the conversation, you know, as soon as you're starting your business, because what you don't want to happen is for something to happen, you know, early in your business, and you don't have a person that you can call immediately um, that knows you, that knows your business, that can give you on the spot um, counsel and judgment. So I say you need to be having conversations um, as part of, you know, your startup plan. Okay, so uh, now that's great, but, you know, a lot of people, uh, you know, um, the, the reality is uh, that a lot of people will say, well, that's just for companies of a certain size. I'm just doing this mm-hmm. in-home thing, you know. Uh, I'm just starting this uh, from my basement, from my garage. So that's, that's no need. I don't need an attorney. Is there a certain point where you need it, or, or is it just really kind of blanketed anybody who really is looking to start any type of business should have somebody on their side. I think if you're going into business, you need to have someone on your side. I think there's so much, you know, I always say the law is a a different language and you need someone to help you interpret it. So once you start your business and you're entering in the contracts, you're hiring employers or contractors, you definitely want to get some legal advice early on. Um, So I definitely have clients who are, solopreneurs or they're working out of their home, you know, kind of various sizes. But again, the the level of representation um, just may vary. And I know for a lot of people, when they hear lawyer, they hear cost. Like, obviously, this is going to be incredibly expensive. You know, this person is going to charge me $1,000 an hour to even pick up the phone or have a conversation with me. And I always remind people that there are a lot of lawyers out there and you really just have to do your diligence to find someone that works with you and that will work with you where you are in your business. Because again, you may not need a lot of hours of service um, early on in your business, but you want to make sure you're getting that sound advice. Um, and, you know, I think when you're starting a business, you have to be scrappy and you have to hustle. There are a lot of avenues to get kind of discounted legal services. There are a lot of states that have um, small business clinics for, for new businesses, um, there are schools, a lot of law schools that have clinics for small businesses that are just starting out. So, you know, if you're going to be in business, you kind of have to take all these steps seriously um, and find ways to make sure you're protected. I think that's good because, you know, I can hear people say, well, I just have a T-shirt company. I just have a this, mm-hmm. I just have a that. But at the same time, you know, and, and uh, you can certainly uh, validate this point. At the same time, there, there could be some copyright issues. Uh, that you've crossed. There could be some trademark issues. There could be, you know, a lot of people, you know, have these startup companies and, and they may use uh, somebody else's image to maybe help promote their their business or or put them on their T-shirts or, uh, you know, inadvertently use somebody else's logo just because, you know, you, you think it, it looks nice to you. And you say, well, you know, this corporation will never find me. This corporation will mm-hmm. never see me. They it, always find you. <laughs> yeah, that's what I was going to say. You know, you can never assume, especially in this social media age, you can never assume that you're going to stay hidden in, in, inside mm-hmm. of your uh, four walls and, 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 you know, your little consumers. Hopefully you will want to grow your business and then growing your business, other people are going to see your image. Is that something that, you see often uh, a mistake that people make that, oh, you know, nobody will see me. I'm just here in D.C. or I'm just here in Dallas. Uh, you know, nobody will ever see me in Afghanistan or anything. <laughs> I think that's absolutely correct. I, I think that people think that um, 
you know, people won't see them or something won't matter. Like, well, it doesn't matter that I didn't get this in writing. You know, it's just $5,000. I'll agree to it. It'll be fine. And, you know, sometimes lawyers can be a little too overly cautious about things, but it's always those small things that you think will be nothing that turn into everything. Um, And so, again, a lot of people don't even know that reposting the image um, that belongs to someone else could be copyright infringement. So you get this wow. letter in the mail and you're super shocked that you've done this and people are asking for these thousands of dollars. Um, but again, that's where just having someone that you can walk through your systems and processes and they can help you troubleshoot um, is really important. And I think another kind of overlooked benefit of having an attorney early on is you know, I'm in the business of, of servicing business owners. So I have a lot of other kind of referral partners or people that I work with um, in my network that will be useful to you as well. Like you might need a banker, a CPA. Um, you might not even know what sort of insurance you need. So I can connect you with a really, really great broker for insurance. So it's really to me about building out uh, that team of people you need. I think that's so important. One of the the um, best things that I have learned over my many years is that your greatest resource is always going to be your relationships. You just can yeah. never underestimate the value of having great people on your side, having your back, your resources. Uh, the greatest resource you will ever have is your relationships. And some people Absolutely. are so busy trying to climb and get to the next level or get to uh, the next plateau in life that you are here, you are burning up and and misusing relationships, thinking you won't ever need these people anymore. And in reality, you may need that bridge that you just burnt down and tore down to get back. Uh, you know, if life ever goes the other way, and if not, you may need just need that bridge again, like like what Siobhan is doing to help you. To, to be a better resource to your clients, to help you to be a better resources to people in your life. Siobhan, here's something that I read in your bio that, that okay. you help people with government contracts. Now, a lot of people hear government contracts and they think, oh, well, that's guaranteed money. So uh, <laughs> let, me, let me start my business. Let me get me a government contract and you're already laughing. So what is, what is that big misconception? How, how wrong is that... Uh, depiction that people have of, of government contracts? So it's not wrong. So, but it, it's funny because I feel like I'm in various states of people trying to collect money from various government agencies when you say it's guaranteed money. Um, but it's, it's a great way to, to start a business. Um, there are lots of programs and certifications that really cater to, you know, maybe women-owned businesses, minority-owned businesses um, that make going in the government kind of lucrative for lots of people. Um, I think the misconception is that is easy. Mm. Um, and I'm not going to say it's difficult, but you do have to take time, make sure you have your business in order um, because they're going to want paperwork. Um, you have to have your certifications in order. Um, so those things take time to really get your business to the level where you can compete on these contracts. Um, so I think that's, that's one aspect of it. Uh, and I think that um, sometimes people want to do business with the government because they haven't really maybe fine-tuned what they're doing or who their perfect customer is. And it may not be that the government is your perfect customer 
Or a big mistake I see is that people make um, the government their only customer. And so when you're, and depending on what you do, that just may have to be the case. Um, but you definitely may want to look to have a diversified kind of portfolio of clients so that if something does happen in the federal government or your local government, um, that that's not the only place that is feeding your business. So let me ask you this question. You kind of brought something uh, to mind that I wanted to ask at the top of the show. Mm-hmm. Um, but what is one of the biggest mistakes you see people making just going into business in general? Is there a common thread? Is there uh, something that you say, you know, this is not the first time I've seen this countless times and, and many people do it more than you think. What is that like big error that you see um people who are going into business make that's pretty common? Um, I would say, you know, a a couple different things that probably travel along several different things. Um, One, people misjudge when they will be profitable. Um, And part of that is just not planning. Um, So I would say the biggest misconception is you think that, you know, you're making profit day 30 when really it's like, day 365. Um, so I would say just kind of people fail to really plan out um, where, you know, how they'll make their money and, and when that money will come in. So I think that that's one misconception too. Um, a lot of people have a supermen, superwomen, especially women complex. Um, and I think people don't get help soon enough and they don't outsource soon enough. They don't delegate soon enough and they don't ask enough questions. Um, because there is someone in front of you who made all those same mistakes. Um, and so you don't have to live in, in a vacuum. And I would say, even for me, the thing that was most surprising about being a business owner is how lonely it could be. Um, so you really have to kind of break out of whatever you may be going through and ask questions. So I think that um, the, the delegating and getting help from other people is another big mistake that I see people make. Um, and then I think just along those same lines is not getting help for what you don't know. So even on, on the, the contract piece, you know, I very often see people, oh, I downloaded this from the internet. Mm-hmm. That's fine. I'm not, you know, I get it. People have budgets, but you don't even know kind of really what you're signing. You don't know if it was drafted with to protect which party. And it may not be, you know, the place that you sit in, in the in contracting relationship. Um, so I would say just kind of not spending the money that's necessary to do things right. The first time um, is another issue you know that's a that's a really great point because there are a lot of websites out there and you know people think oh i could be my own attorney i could be my Mm -hmm. own cpa i can i could you know self-diagnose myself all i gotta do is go to the internet google it and as long as i go to two or three websites and some people only go to one website and then they do the gospel so you know how hard is it for you to to go in and try to fix those issues that that people go to the web, to the internet, be like, well, that's not what I found on the internet. I think you're wrong. Do people really come into your office or call you and try to debunk your years of legal expertise by something they found on the internet? I think that, um, not really. I definitely see that a lot on, on the internet that people try to do that. But for me personally, 
you know, I am selective in the clients that I take. Like I don't just, just because you call me doesn't mean we're, we're going to work together. Um, so I typically am looking for people who know what they don't know and they are open to counsel. So, you know, I have a accountant who does a bookkeeper who does my books. I don't under, I don't understand it. When I tried to do it, it was wrong. So I, I trust her. I believe that she knows what she's doing. Um, so I listen to her counsel. So um, I typically want to work with people that are that way. But on the flip side of that, I really do like, you know, because my clients are business owners and they're smart people. So, you know, people do come with a sense of, of understanding about certain things. And I do try to educate them. Like, I don't want to work in a silo. So I definitely want to have clients who they understand what certain things mean. They understand certain clauses. Um, so they just become more sophisticated in, in their dealings um, so that by the time I step in, maybe they've already kind of negotiated certain aspects because they know from working with me kind of what's, what's important. So, yes, people try to play Internet lawyer, um, but I think that a, a good business person knows what they don't know and they don't, you know, kind of overstep those bounds. I think that's very important. Know what you do not know. You yes. don't know it. It's not your expertise. Don't try to act like you know it. Um, right. You know, I think one thing you said just a few moments ago is really, really valuable. That there are a lot of entrepreneurs out there who are lonely and mm-hmm. don't, who underestimate what it takes. Um, and, and, and really uh, misidentify just really going into business for yourself and here you are starting a company and um, a lot of people misunderstand that if you want to be successful or at least, you know, um, while you're in that quote unquote grind mode, it can be lonely and it can be frustrating and it can be irritating. But the, the thing I hear you saying is that there are a lot more people in your boat than you think. And Absolutely. so once you get out there, and I know people don't want to share your business concept. You don't want to share with people. You don't want people all in your business. And I understand that. <laughs> but at the same time, don't drown when there's somebody else next to you who has a raft. Um, Absolutely. And people who've been there are willing to share. So I get that you may not share with everybody, but, find, you know, a few other business owners, even if it's not exactly what you do, there are a lot of ways that they can help you to sympathize with you. I mean, I honestly get some of my best ideas from just chatting with other business owners um, that aren't even in my same industry, just resources, people, events, books. Um, So I, I think that it's really, really important to build a community as well. That's so great. Building a community. So, okay, let me ask you, I got just a couple of questions. I hope that, that okay. you, the listener has found this very valuable. I know I personally have found this valuable. Thank you again, Siobhan, for being on, on uh, this show with us. Thank now, here's a couple of questions you. that I have. Franchising versus ownership. <laughs> what, are, what are the pros and cons? You know, should, should I put this money that I have <laughs> Should I buy a franchise or should I just own one out myself? So I think the benefit of a franchise is, you know, a a name that already exists. So you are not just starting from scratch. A a marketing system that should be built in um, systems and processes that are already 
set and that you should be stepping into and just maybe refining for your particular location. Um, so there definitely are a lot of pros. Um, but I would say the, the differentiator is like all franchises are just not created equal. So, you know, some, and you know, there are some people I talk to and they feel like the franchisor is really supportive um, and gives them a lot of resources and isn't taxing them on fees. Cause you do get a lot of fees when you own a franchise that go back to the company. Um, but then there are other people who feel like it's a very much a us against them and they're always, you know, charging up with us for something. They're not marketing right. So it's really one of those things where you have to just do a lot of research and talk to a lot of owners and make sure you talk to owners that aren't just the owners that the franchisor introduces you to. Because what happens is you will express interest and then they will say, um, oh, go talk to these three people. Well, of course, they're going to give you the people who are happy. So seek out other people and and really learn about their experiences. So I I think it's really just, it's really a a case-by-case basis. I, I would say... Um, what some people don't like is it almost feels like, you know, you, you work for you, but you also, you know, the, the company in some ways is overseeing you. I mean, you have to send them money every month. So for some people, it may not always feel like they're working kind of in an autonomous way Mm -hmm. that you may feel if you have your own business, but if you have your own, you again, brand recognition, systems, processes, built-in networks. So I think it's one of those things that um, you're going to have to do a lot of research on the particular franchise and if it works uh, for you. Yeah, so that that really leads me to my next question. Uh, You may have just answered it within that. So if I do a franchise, it doesn't necessarily mean that I'm going to be, that's a quicker road to profitability versus owning my own company flat out because Again, like you say, no franchises are the same. I mean, it could be, you know, you're in a bad neighborhood in that, with that franchise, so the store was losing money, so mm-hmm. that's why you got it at a cheap discount. It yeah. could be a lot of profits and losses just because of the area or maybe just because of the, the workforce you have. So, um, you know, uh, you know, Siobhan is, is absolutely the expert here, but, uh, but I challenge you to do your due diligence and, you know, let's not just see a name on a building and say, oh, okay, well, that, that's mm-hmm. to make me money. Do your due diligence and make sure that you understand what you're getting into uh, so that, you know, the relationship, the expectations that you had uh, or met and that you are not disappointed. The, one of the worst things in the world to do is to have expectations and not have those expectations lived up to. Uh, Siobhan, Absolutely. I want to ask you a, a, just a quick uh, a couple of other questions, then I'll let you go. Thank you again so much. I'm, I'm really, I'm finding this valuable. I don't know about everybody else. So investors versus getting a bank loan. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, um, many people say I have a network of friends. They'll invest in my company. I have a network of friends. They, somebody said they'll give me, you know, $5,000, you know, What's the pros and cons? Is, uh, I'm sure there's there's both, but you know, at what point should I get a loan versus having investors? Um, you know, so a couple of things. One, for some people, loans aren't an option just because of maybe their financial situation. So I always say that if you know you want to start a business, start definitely working on your credit. Um, because when you start a business, 
you have to build your business credit. So everything is going to be based on your personal credit. Um, so it, it may not be an option. So in terms of investors, um, you know, there are kind of like a lot of legal nuances in terms of security laws when you're taking money from people for an investment. But I would say just on a high level, um, the good thing about investors is that you should seek out investors that are going to add something to the business. Mm-hmm. Um, so especially if they're not going to be silent. So if you're taking money and maybe they can some way advise you or help you along. So that is a good way to have somebody invested financially and also just in what you're doing to help your business along. Obviously you have to answer to them though, and not the same way you have to answer, um, to a bank. So, you know, it kind of becomes another voice that has a say sometimes, um, banks again, maybe don't have that much say, but there's not a lot of leeway if things go wrong. So if, you know, you're late, you default, you know, you, you start getting notices immediately. Um, and, and the banker that was nice to you and helped you sign that paperwork is not, yeah, they, they may be somewhat understanding. Exactly. So it's not going to be the same. Whereas if you have investors, you, you may just have more leeway, especially if it's, it's a loan and not necessarily an investment um, on how you do things. So again, I think it's one of those things that you just have to do your due diligence. All banks aren't created equal. All investors aren't either. Um, and, you know, it may make sense to have a mix of both. Siobhan, here's something too. I, um, you know, I say I'm going to give you $5,000. I'm going to give you some money to help you with your business. And, and so here you are. You're making investments based off my word. We mm-hmm. have a verbal contract. Is a verbal contract binding in the court of law? Can I really go and, and sue someone because they gave me their verbal that they're going to help me mm-hmm. out or they're going to do this or do that? And now when I need it, they're nowhere to be found. Can mm-hmm. I really press you for a verbal contract? So um, people always say that verbal contracts are worth the paper they're written on. Um, so yes, a con- so a contract is essentially a promise. I promise to do something or refrain from doing something. Um, and the best way to encompass that is, is in a document. But a verbal agreement is an agreement. You just have to prove it. Um, and so then it becomes, well, how do you prove it? Are there emails? Are there documents? When did you make a promise? Did you change the promise? Um, and that's why you create a contract because all your promises, all your duties, yeah. all your obligations are in one place. That's very good. So if you have a verbal contract with somebody right now, mm-hmm. be, it, be it friend, be it family member, be it parent, be it somebody, long relatives, somebody you went to school with, Get it down on paper. It's not for what I've heard great business people say. It's not for right now where you all are friendly. It's for later on down the road when Mm -hmm. when there's a misunderstanding because there can and there will be misunderstandings and small things that, that, you know, may blow out of proportion. But if you've gotten it, if it's not written, it's not real. I don't believe it. It cannot, you know, it's, it's harder to fight when you have to go with he say, she say. Versus if it's on the contract, it's real. You have to honor what's on the contract. Uh, you know, I, I, I really hope that, that you as a listener found this pretty valuable. You have been able to uh, 
pretty much get free legal counsel here for the last few moments um, uh, on this show, on this podcast, and you didn't have to pay for it. All you had to do was listen. So <laughs> thank you, Siobhan, for taking our time uh, to to do this. How can we uh, get in contact with you? You're in D.C., in the D.C. area. But, I mean, yeah. somebody anywhere in the world can, can reach out and, and um, maybe get consultation or maybe um, you know, utilize your services. How can we reach out? How can we learn more about you? Right. So first I have to give my lawyer disclaimer that this was legal information, not legal advice. We don't have an attorney client relationship, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but I'm happy to give out legal information um, to all of your listeners. And I do hope everyone found this to be useful. Yes. Uh, please contact me. And even if I can't help you, I'm happy to maybe connect you with someone in your area who can help you. But my phone number is 202-505-5309. My website is the SJSLawFirm.com. I am Siobhan J. Smith across the social media channels. Um, I'm really look forward to hearing from listeners if people have questions um, or just have comments on what we said today. Would love to hear from you. Siobhan, thank you so much. But this is this is something, too. I got an added bonus for everybody that's listening right now. If you're listening, turn your radio up. Turn your Well, probably not on the radio. That's old school. Uh, turn, <laughs> Maybe, your up, but... turn, your, turn your computer up. Whatever you're listening to this, uh, this podcast on, this is what I want you to do. Siobhan has agreed. The first five people who reshare this, this podcast, and you got to reshare it, and you got to tag me, and you can't be private, unfortunately. Otherwise, I wouldn't be able to see it. You have to reshare this podcast. You have to tag me. And what I'm going to do is the first five people, I'm going to pull one of those names out of the hat. And you will get a free 60 minutes of legal strategies uh, session with Siobhan. Again, the first five people to tag me, uh, who repost this and tags me, you're going to get a free 60 minutes of legal strategy session. That's normally like $500. You're going to get it with Siobhan. And, and all you got to do is repost this, the first five people and tag me. Uh, you're going to get a free 60 minutes. Normally that's a choice. She gave you some free ad lawyer advice today, but in that She's going to dig down and get more specific into your business needs. Um, thank you again, Siobhan, for doing that. Uh, you know, I hope that everyone found this impactful. Um, and, and, and I'm just blown away by the information that you gave. And I really, really appreciate you for coming on the show. Thank you so much for having me. Um, it was great. And I hope your listeners got something out of it. I hope that you all got something out of it. I hope you all uh, found it to be valuable, useful. And in all you do, I hope that you not only have success, but have good success. Siobhan, thanks again so much. Everybody, I want you to have a wonderful day, wonderful evening. And until next time, God bless. All right, take care.